Wow. Oh. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Sammy. Come water my garden with me. In a deceptive and backwards world, we are starved for true identity, purpose, and most of all, hope. We want to be loved, encouraged, and known. We are desperate for a tribe to rejoice with, lament with, and to break bread with as his kingdom comes. This season on Basket Full of Bread, you will hear more stories of God's resurrecting power and biblical heart transformations that have altered future generations. We will armor up and I'll pray for you and all the saints. And together, we will see God's promises unfold and petition to be overcomers. We will marinate in the book of Romans, belly laugh, chat about heaven-sent approaches for healing, see the miraculous in Juniper, rope Matt into some Matt chats, and God willing, there will be a beautiful birth story along the way. Hi, you guys. My name is Bethany, and I'm grateful you're here. getting harder and harder to sneak out before the kids wake up. It's like they sense it somehow that I'm moving somewhere within the house and they need to come along with me. So we're going to go water the garden. And I've got a word I want to read over us this morning. And um, if you're a mother, this will be especially encouraging. It's one of my favorite, favorite scriptures for postpartum. And honestly, scriptures for just like in those seasons where you just feel like, whew. Just a light water. Just a little bit. Just enough to give it a little for a sunny day. <clears throat> okay. So, the scripture I want to read to us is in 2 Corinthians 4. And it's a scripture that I have loved for my whole life. I wrote part of it into Oakland's lullaby. It's a really, it's a really good one. And there's so much hope in this for, yes, moms, weary, weary souls in general, slash um, just sojourners on, on planet Earth, being pilgrims, walking it out. So this is 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Now we have this treasure, I know I've read this on here too, in clay jars. Now we have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. So then, 
Death is at work in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. Indeed, everything is for your benefit so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For a momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. I love this, you guys. Really, the line that takes it home for me today is, For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. And then the promise of resurrection. And, um, you know, (laughs) being postpartum now my fifth time, four and a half time, I guess, um, you, do you feel like you're dying? <laughs> At least I do. I feel like I'm dying. And um, my body and my mind, and it's just a cycle of it feels like death, but it's actually producing life. It's actually producing um, a picture of the power of Jesus's blood and body and resurrection And when I focus on the unseen things, I'm able to slightly better cope (laughs) with the dying process because I know that life and resurrection is coming and it's a part of it because Jesus will be uh, glorified through me, through this process of living life here, doing the things God has called me to. You know, we go through seasons of like death and life. It just, it's very, um, metaphorical and physical sometimes. Um, I love second Corinthians five too. you guys, there's this beautiful promise written out. And so I want to read that over us as well. Second Corinthians five, we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling, since when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed but clothed, so that the mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are, we are away. While we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Ooh. Okay. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Amen. Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to be proud of us so that you may have a reply for those who take pride outward in their outward appearance rather than the heart. For if we are for if we are out of our mind, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. Mm, fear of God, fear of man. For we for the love of Christ compels us since we have reached this conclusion that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for the one who died for them and was raised. Lord, I feel like my body is 100% decaying because it is, uh, but I definitely feel broken down today. I feel weary. I'm in some pain physically. My mind feels foggy. I just, I need you, Lord. I need you to come and um, and resurrect me. I need you to come and demonstrate your power through me. I gave you all the glory, Father. I know that you're doing um, mighty things in, in your people today. And there are so many of us that are coming before you this morning needing you to fall afresh upon us. Lord, thank you for the down payment of your Holy Spirit, which sustains us and comforts us and uplifts us and gives us supernatural strength to do the things you've called us to. And so I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that we would have the capacity to do what we need to do today and that you would have mercy on us as human beings in our earthly tents, Lord. I pray we fix our eyes on the unseen so that we can run this race. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you guys hear this? I legit think for sure <laughs> we have a rooster. We got chickens, some more babies, and um, I knew there's two of them. I was like, y'all are 100% roosters. Can you hear that? I'm gonna try to get closer the saddest little cockadoodle do you've ever heard because he's just a baby and he doesn't understand but he's trying the thing is is we're not supposed to have roosters let me turn off the water before I forget let's go see if we can listen to him <laughs> so we named him John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt and um, the other one, family named Tiny. And I think it's Tiny who's like started to, to cock a doodle do. 
It's not the funniest thing. So does anybody need a rooster? 